five of the most amazing minds in the art of driving traffic. Cheaper clicks, cheaper views, more impressions. 500 shares, over a thousand likes, almost a million views. The results were nothing short of astounding. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Listen to the Perpetual Traffic team along with Mike Rhodes and Tom Breeze sharing five killer traffic campaigns at the 2017 Traffic and Conversion Summit. Holy cow, I knew this session was going to kill. This is the last session of the day. You guys are hanging around to see five of the most amazing minds in the art of driving traffic. And we're pumped. They're each going to get eight minutes to cover a killer traffic campaign. Welcome to the stage, Molly Pittman, Keith Krantz, Ralph Burns, Mike Rhodes, and Tom Breeze. All right, I think we're working in descending order from starting with you, Mr. Breeze. No pressure. Yeah, I think you're up, man. What you got? I'm going to be talking about YouTube ads, and in particular, I want to talk about taking you guys on a bit of an adventure. So... Earlier this year, we looked at this quote by Benjamin Franklin that went, tell me and I forget, teach me and I remember, and involve me and I learn. So this is what a YouTube ad would typically look like. You go to YouTube, you type in something like how to play guitar, and you see a pre-roll ad or an in-stream ad that will come up in front of you, and we've targeted you based on the fact that you've typed in how to play guitar with a guitar ad. Now, we had done a lot of telling people to sign up to stuff, and that worked pretty well. We started moving to more videos where we actually teach content in a video ad, and that worked particularly well. And it was a struggle to work out how to actually involve people in the ad process. And so I was kind of like racking my brain and to think, all right, how do we actually do this? How do we get people to involve themselves with the video ad itself and really have an amazing experience? And I was clearing out the attic of my parents' house, and I found a book that um, I used to or these types of books that I used to gather, which was the choose-your-own-adventure books, like where if you wanted to fight the dragon, you would turn to page six, or if you wanted to run away, then you would turn to page 38. And I thought, wow, that would be quite a cool thing to run as a YouTube ad. So what we did is we took the original ad that we were using, and we started running this uh, traffic, and we noticed there were two types of consumer or two types of customer that would be out there that we could promote to. One, which would be someone who was new to guitar, like a bit of a newbie looking to learn how to play the guitar from scratch. And you'd have the second type, which would be people in a rut. So they're playing the guitar, they haven't seen much improvement recently, they're not doing too well, and they want to actually improve their guitar and go to their next level. So what we did is we took the content from the video ad we were showing and split it in two. We had one video that was designed specifically for the newbies out there, the people that are learning how to play guitar for the first time. And then we also expanded that out to go to a slightly different version of the same ad, basically, that will be designed for people in a rut, people who want to play better guitar, but they're kind of plateaued and need to improve their guitar playing. So we had two slightly different ads tailored to newbies and ruts. So we introduced a new video, 
and the call to action on the video would be a choice of two. So instead of a click directly to the website, we'd say, hey, look, if you want to find out more information, we need to know a little bit more about you first so we can tailor this information to you. So are you fairly new or are you in a rut? You choose, you decide. So you as a consumer on YouTube now would make a decision and kind of a micro-commitment to say, all right, I can make a decision on that before I decide to go up to the website where it feels a bit salesy sometimes. You have your sales defense up. So this gave you the option to choose how you're going to tailor the content to your user. And this worked pretty well. This gave you, the user, that choice. And so it made it more a case of should I choose A or B as opposed to should I choose to click or not. And it's kind of what we would call a false dichotomy. But that works incredibly well. It's getting the user to make a micro-commitment to tailor the content to you. It's rather like a survey funnel you would have on your website, but we've brought it forward straight to the YouTube ad from the very beginning. Now, if they were to click on the fairly new, they would go to another YouTube video that would be about fairly new content. So like if you're a person who's a newbie to a guitar, you would see another video that you could watch and get really, really good advice based on the fact that you are a newbie. Um, and then on the end of that video, you would then click to the website to sign up for a workshop that you saw earlier that would be tailored again to you as a newbie. And likewise, if you chose the guitar right, you go through to another YouTube video where you could, at the end of that video, click to go to the workshop that would be dedicated to people who are in a guitar right. And the great thing about this is if you think about how you could do this for your business, you can do it off identity. So someone's choosing their own identity. I'm fairly new or I'm, I'm in a rut. That's based on your identity. Or you can do it off someone's intent. So I want to find out more information because I'm looking to learn how to play the guitar. Maybe it could be something like if you're a marketer, for example, you could say, right, are you looking to generate more leads or close more sales? So that's kind of what you're looking for, your intent, as opposed to your identity where here is a newbie or a rut. So we ran this ad and we found three big, big learnings. And we had over 1.5 million views using exactly the same targeting from the previous video that we ran. What we found was per view, we'll get 33% more registrations when we went through the choose your own adventure style. And we also found that we got 52% more sales from doing that. The ads would perform so much better, people would click, micro-commitment, go to the next video, involve themselves, still be on YouTube, gather that information, and then click through to the website, sign up and go and buy off the workshop. We found that per view, players in a rut were five times more valuable than people that were the newbies. Now, this is amazing data for us because we said, right, okay, that's great. So the newbies are not converting quite so well from the current campaigns we're running. So what we're going to do instead is completely tailor a whole new funnel specifically for the newbies. And that works pretty well. And the user experience is better. So from a user perspective, you get to choose, you get your own stories, you get your tailored uh, advertising coming straight to you. And we saw a 39.3% increase in view rate, which is kind of like your relevancy score. And for advertisers out here, they know how powerful that is because it means you get more reach, you get more exposure, and it works incredibly well. And that's the point where we normally pull out the champagne and start getting some good results. Champagne. Um, so that's how you choose your own adventure. And I would highly recommend you look at running YouTube ads like that for your business. So it works incredibly well. Yeah, baby. Give it up for Tom Breeze, y'all. Give it up for Tom Breeze on the Choose Your Own Adventure. Where can they find out more about you, Tom? Okay, so my agency is Viewability. The website is viewability.co.uk or go to tombreeze.com. Either way. Go to tombreeze.com or viewability.co.uk. We gotta keep moving. Gotta keep Mr. Rhodes, let's do this. So we're gonna talk about Google Shopping. Woo! There is a problem 
with Google Shopping. You don't get to use keywords. All of these different people are searching for what you're selling, but they have very, very different values to you. Let me give you an example. You're here searching for buy TV. You're searching for a 4K TV. You're doing a bit more research. You kind of know what you're interested and you know exactly what you want. You're searching for the model. You're ready to buy credit card in hand. But how do we make sure that we bid the right amount for the right person? We start with lots of campaigns. So instead of just one shopping campaign, you're gonna build three campaigns. One for all the generic terms, one that's gonna attract all of those brand terms, and one for all the super specific stuff. And hat tip here to Martin Rot, I can never say his name, Rotgerding for coming up with this strategy. It's not mine, I stole it. So how does this work? We've got our three types of keyword. We need to use a little thing called campaign priorities to say, hey Google, if you can, send the person to this red one, high priority, and then if it's not gonna fit, we'll work our way down. So it's a little bit counterintuitive. You're saying, this is actually my highest priority campaign, but it's the lowest bid. And the way we push the right person to the right place is by using negative keywords. So because we don't get to use positive keywords, normal keywords, most people assume that we can't use negative keywords. Negative keywords will save your shopping campaigns. So that's the first bit. We've got our three campaigns, but you want the advanced stuff. So let's just take it up a notch. We take our three campaigns and we multiply them one for each device. Now we've got super, super levels of control because like we talked about yesterday, averages lie. I don't wanna be bidding the same on mobile with totally different conversion rates. Now you can do this with just your three campaigns. You can use this thing called bid adjustments, but we like to have maximum control. So we split this out into nine campaigns. Let's get a bit more funky. Ad groups we like to go a little bit more granular because we want to bid every single product like it's its own profit center. So one ad group for every single product. Let's get a bit more funky. Now we layer remarketing over the top. So there's this thing in AdWords called RLSA. It stands for Remarketing Lists for Search Ads because when it came out, you could only apply it with search, but now you can apply it with shopping as well. And it's a way to combine the power of remarketing with your shopping campaigns. Let me give you an example. If somebody is searching for the product that you sell and they're already on your list, they're probably worth a little bit more to you, right? They already know, like, and trust you at some level. So we've got that remarketing list that we built and we're doing remarketing to those guys, but we can combine that with our shopping campaigns and say, this is a very valuable group of people. Let's bid a little bit more for that. Making sense? Let's make it a little bit more funky. You can use extensions. So these seller ratings, the little five-star ratings, are going to get your ads more clicks. Or coupons. You can have this thing called a promotion extension. Everybody should be using these. Even if it's only a 5% off, it means you get that extra little line under your ad and for the cheap people in the room, you're wondering, yeah, but I don't want to give away discounts, bastards, spending all this money, I want to make more money. This is real data from January. 77,000 people saw that ad. 62 people used the code. It increases click-through rate, Google love it, they want to show your ads more, four out of eight ads. 
nobody uses it. So add it to your account. And if you're doing any kind of e-com, you must, must, must be doing dynamic remarketing. You can do it on Google, you can do it on Facebook, and the guys were showing me a campaign a couple of weeks ago just before I jumped on a plane on Instagram, spending a thousand bucks to make 20,000 bucks. Dynamic remarketing on Instagram is awesome. You can combine Tom's funky stuff, YouTube, with shopping. So you take your shopping feed and you mix it and match it with your YouTube and you end up with a video and you can choose the precise products. Nice results from those. And the last one, combine your product feed with Gmail. I talked a lot about Gmail yesterday. I love Gmail ads. You can have products show inside someone else's Gmail. They haven't even left Gmail at this point. And they're seeing your products, your prices, the names. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you very much. Yep. Thank you. All right, give it up for Mike Rose. We in websavvy.com. A-U. A-U slash T-C-S. Yeah. All right, everybody, give it up for Mike Rhodes. Now, let's bring on Mr. Sean Connery. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Champagne. pay attention, Mr. Ralph Burns. Here we go, man. Thank you, Rush. <laughs> uh, we run a Facebook ads agency, all direct response. So one of the first things that we do when we have a new customer is we look into their ad account. We try and figure out what do they have that they've been doing in the past, maybe they didn't realize they had, that we can now leverage for future campaigns to give them the best ROI possible. So for this particular company, they're in the beauty niche, uh, e-commerce company. Their goal when they came to us was a product CPA of under $10. Pretty simple in the beauty niche. Chances are we could probably get it. But the problem was is that their campaigns were pretty much a complete mishmash of different objectives. They had an ebook, they had like campaigns, they had boosted posts, they had some conversion campaigns, but they had no real overall strategy. So what was happening is that they were putting money in, they have no idea exactly how much money was coming out. So one of the first things that we did, and if you don't do this when you're running Facebook advertising, is if you're selling a product on Facebook, insert your conversion values inside your custom conversion events, at the very least. So if you're selling a $47 ebook or a $27 product or a pair of shoes or whatever it happens to be at a very basic level, insert the value of that product when they actually purchase. So then you can actually look and figure out how much did I spend and how much did I make? It's one of the first things that we always do. It's so simple, but most people don't do it. We've looked at over 200 different ad accounts for Facebook, and I would say less than 10% actually do this. So we have a person on staff that actually does dynamic conversion value insertion using a slightly more advanced feature inside the Facebook Ads Manager called Standard Events Plus Parameters. But they weren't doing this, and they were running tons of ads to it. They were running about $5,000 a day. They knew their business was breaking even at the very least, but they didn't really know how much. All they knew is they were spending about $5,000 a day. They're probably making about $5,000 by pulling the data out of their CRM. We figured there was probably a better way. So as we were doing the ad account audit, we looked in and we saw one bright spot through all this mayhem, through all this chaos with eBooks, like campaigns, boosted posts, 
nothing really made sense to us except this one campaign. They were getting tons of checkouts, which is a purchase. We didn't know which one because their tracking was actually off. But just these campaigns alone were getting newsfeed conversions under $10. So I was like, well, what are these ads exactly? So we went in and we looked, we did our ad account audit. First thing we found is that we found out that they were actually giving beauty tips, okay? Similar to this type of stuff that Ezra's been talking to you guys about for the last day or so. But these were blog posts with a link post, just a straight image going to a blog post. But in that blog post, there was tons of places where they could actually buy hundreds of different products. They had no idea which products these visitors were buying, so that would probably be a good thing to find out. But the point was is that they had something. They had this little nugget of gold inside their campaign. They just didn't know it was in there. So once we clicked through on those ads, we actually realized that in the blog post itself, there were these videos, really good videos, videos of how to use the products that they were selling through their spokesperson, showing them how to do it, but also saying, you know, I'm a beauty specialist and I, there's thousands of products out there. The big thing for women that are trying to find the right type of makeup is there's millions of choices. But she narrowed it down to three products. Three product placements of what we call a Trojan horse product placement video. But it was embedded inside the post itself. So once we went over to their YouTube channel, we realized there's tons of these things. There was about 20 of them. And each one of them had some sort of problem that was easily solved with the solution that the spokeswoman was going to show them how to apply. So we said, why don't we just take some of these videos and show them right in the newsfeed? They had never thought of it. But we knew that it had that makeup. And if you watched Keith's awesome presentation earlier today, it had the three-step formula that we typically look for. Get attention through motion, educate, entertain, inform, and then close for the sale at the end. And that's all these videos did, five, six-minute videos. But the solution was embedded inside the informational content. So what we did is we completely reconfigured all the campaigns. They started to use a, a type of format that we refer to as the Yankee Clipper ad copy formula because we realized if we could put these in the newsfeed and duplicate it and get all the products being tracked dynamically through conversion values, we would know we're spending X and we're making Y. So you notice with all the videos that we use, we use the exact same formula for our ad copy because as an agency, you try to systematize everything you possibly can. So we figured out a way, and I would definitely say an ode to the Yankee Clipper himself, Joe DiMaggio, if you guys are baseball fans. Problem is, is there was that five steps to it, but then we found a sixth. So now it's actually sort of out of date, but it doesn't really matter. We still call it the Yankee Clipper. So this was the actual formula itself. The Yankees are your favorite team. Too. And the Yankees are my favorite team as a Boston Red Sox fan, of course. So, <laughs> so here's the Yankee Clipper ad formula. So if you have a video that does what I just said, stops, gets the scroll, gets the actual click, informs, entertains, educates, and then pivots to the sale, use this formula. Post copy line number one, ask a question. Post copy line number two, watch the video. Post copy line three, have a call to action. So you're telling them what to do. People like to be told what to do when they're watching and when they're seeing Facebook ads. The headline is a restatement of the initial question. Your description is tell them what they're going to get. And unfortunately, we forgot our call to action button when we named the strategy. So that's the <laughs> learn more button.
We also restored order because the campaign itself was a total nightmare of ad campaigns everywhere. Didn't have any sort of formula. So we installed what we referred to as the Michigan method, which is basically one ad per ad set, testing multiple, in this case, about 20 different beauty niches, nine variations, three different videos, three different ad copies, and then tested it. And this is actually what the campaign looked like when we first <laughs> launched it. And it still actually gives me a headache when I look at it, but it works. And that's one of the ways in which we're able to scale up campaigns by layering this type of strategy over it. The best part of all is that not only did all these strategies help us reconfigure things, but the results were nothing short of astounding. Since the start of the campaign, this is about 30 days ago, we've spent 247,000 pounds, and we've made 1.4 million pounds. And those are actual numbers. So a 7 to 1 ROI right out of the gate. We immediately had ROI, and the client was extremely excited. Thank you. All right. Cheers. All right, Mr. Keith Krantz from Dominate Web Media. What you got, man? I'm going to walk you through uh, just a framework. Just been continually being successful over and over and over again. This is one of those campaigns that we're driving traffic into a get a book for free, pay shipping. Pay $4.95 for shipping, get the book, and get access to a, a fast start free training. But I'm going to walk you guys through some kind of core elements that we typically try to get into every single ad. And you'll see these in that Yankee Clipper that Ralph just showed. And they don't have to be in this order at all. It's, as long as you know some of these and you start to come up with lots of different ideas, you can really mix and match. And he goes back to what Ralph was saying, kind of like Frank Kern, what he likes to say is, show them that you can help them by actually helping them, right? So in this video, what I do, it's a nine minute video, number one lesson learned, which is keep it simple. And then I give them four targeting groups that you should start every campaign with. And there's a lot of teaching here. But if you look at the ad copy, I'm gonna show you that these elements are in the ad copy here. These elements are also in the video. And then another ad I'm gonna show you, which is a non-video ad, has these same elements, but they're not always in the same order. Like this one here, after spending over $10 million on Facebook ads, et cetera, et cetera, that's credibility authority, right? Uh, sometimes we don't lead with that a lot. It doesn't have to be led with. Most cases, we usually lead with something related to the challenge or frustration. A question maybe works pretty well. In this case, it's number two. Sometimes it's, it's way down in the ad copy. And this is a long copy ad. If you click see more, you're gonna get a little bit more details about what they get when they get the book and the free training that they get access to. This ad campaign is turned off now. Every time we'd run this, we'd go for like two weeks and we'd be sold out of books. I mean, it's ridiculous. And it's been off for about six, seven, eight months or so because we're, we've got a new book we're working on now and new products. So that's the only reason why. So typically, the first call to action is to increase that desire to get them to watch the video. Then the second half of the ad copy is to get them to take action on the next page. So the second call to action here to help you generate that crucial momentum. I'm giving away a free physical copy of my book, the world's number one best-selling book on Facebook advertising, plus 495 shipping and handling. And then you've got down here, number one lesson learned after $10 million in ad spend. Most cases, we actually will use this link headline to describe what they get when they opt in. But because this is a longer form video, it's a little bit more related to the next step to watch the video. 
And then just the subheadline here is secondary point benefit curiosity or credibility statement. So the key to these longer videos though, a couple keys, very important. Number one is, this is nine minutes, right? It's pretty long. But a minute and a half in, I am telling you that, hey, I'm giving away my book for free. I actually lose money when we ship this book out to you. I'll explain exactly why in just a minute. So there's a little bit of a, an open loop there. At the end of the video, I explain that. But then what I do is I say, you can get that book for free. You can also get access to the Fast Art Training. And then I continue on. And then I start teaching them about four audience groups on the whiteboard. And then again, I do it again. In my Facebook Fast Start, I go much deeper into lookalike audiences and custom audiences. So I'm basically showing them what they can do. This is showing them the power and the potential of Facebook ads. But to learn more, you've got to uh, click through and get this great offer. So if we take the next slide here, this is not a video ad, but basically the same storyboard I would use for a video ad. We just didn't do it because we've got a course coming out here in the next few days called Facebook Momentum, mostly for beginners, intermediates. And what I did was I started a brand new business from scratch, really a fictional business in the health and wellness space called Ketogenic Living, all about intermittent fasting. And so we wanted to show people that you can do this if you take the time to figure out where people are at, that level of awareness. Most people don't know what the heck intermittent fasting is, right? So we're not going to offer an intermittent fasting cheat sheet because they don't know what it is, right? So I find a hook that's, is breakfast really the most important meal of the day? Or is it the most important meal that should be skipped? So this one has an aha moment. If you can get an aha moment, it's so huge. Um, the last one I showed you, we give them an aha moment. We give them some, like a rule of thumb for targeting. So people will like me and trust me, but also want to share that which signals to Facebook that it's a highly engaging ad, which gives us cheaper clicks, cheaper views, more impressions, and thus, you know, four to five dollars per order. Now, here, aha moment, challenges, frustrations, all the typical stuff in health and wellness, weight gain, metabolism, heart health, all that stuff, inflammation, and then credibility authority statement is here as well. This is a little bit different. This is more about story. I dropped, you know, 30 pounds and without even trying to, wasn't even trying to lose weight. The, the headline link here is two big myths about breakfast. Okay, so this one, because it's a long copy ad, kind of like that long video, it's a little bit of kind of both. The hook is to get them to read it, and then it also gives them a little bit more so they know what, what they're going to get. And then the link description, secondary point. Seven evidence-based health reasons why intermittent fasting is amazingly healthy and will continue to be a hot trend in 2017. So... The point is, is you understand these elements, you gotta just start writing them out, writing them out, figuring out where it can work, help people, show them, give them an aha moment, could be in a video, could be in an ad, and that ad basically has been running 100 bucks a day, we took 10 minutes to optimize it, have not done any optimization at all, 7,000 leads, 35,000 fans, $100 a day, I haven't touched the ad account. So that's it for me. Give it up for Mr. Keith Pratt. All right, Molly, let's go. All right, guys. So mine is super simple. And it's a good example of the content first strategy that we teach at Digital Marketer and on the Perpetual Traffic podcast. And the issue was that we had a lead magnet, our Facebook ad templates lead magnet. 
and I really wanted to run this lead magnet to local businesses. And I kept targeting local businesses with this lead magnet, and it wasn't converting. It was terrible. The cost per lead was like $17, which we like to stick between three and six. And so I was trying to figure out a way to to really appeal to local businesses and get them to download this lead magnet and to get them into our digital marketer lab program. So I knew we had a blog post, and it was five ways to use Facebook to grow your local business. But I didn't want to send them to the blog first. I wanted to try something different. So I ran this ad, and I was targeting local chamber of commerce interests. There were a ton of them, right? Basically, any chamber of commerce that I could find inside of Facebook's interest category I was targeting. I was targeting BNI groups. And then I was targeting cities that I just knew had a lot of local businesses, brick and mortar businesses. And I was just running this ad in that city. And so the ad says, if you want more people to walk through the door of your salon, restaurant, clothing store, dental office, concert venue, bar, or any local establishment, then let's get to it. And the link went over to the blog post. It says, there's no better way to promote your local business than using Facebook ads. Not only can you advertise on a small budget, turn the campaign on and off whenever you'd like, much different than a billboard or TV commercial, there's also a social aspect. Your customers can help promote your business to their family and friends on Facebook, and we all know how effective word of mouth is. So I was making sure that I called out the audience Initially, here in this ad copy, I explained to them why Facebook ads could be important to their business and why Facebook ads might be better than the advertising platforms that they were using. You can see this ad got a ton of engagement. We have almost 500 shares, over 1,000 likes, almost a million views, 81 comments. Uh, people really liked this video. It's very, very simple. We made this video using Animoto. Keith mentioned that in his presentation earlier. It's A-N-I-M-O-T-O. Anyone can use that software. But I just took a blog post that I had written a year, maybe two years ago, about Facebook ads for local businesses, and we turned it into this quick video. Simple, very short, about 20 to 30 seconds long. The call to action was to go to the blog post. I didn't want to try to sell them in any way. I didn't mention the Facebook ad templates lead magnet at all. I was just trying to educate them. I kept it very simple because I knew that these people probably knew nothing about Facebook ads, right? The goal of this campaign was just to get out there and pixel people, get in front of them, give them a little bit of information, and get the digital marketer brand in front of the audience. So after a few days, we had a little over 500,000 people in the custom audience, 514,800. So I immediately set up another ad, and this was an ad that had been working well to other ad sets. You guys have probably seen this ad. It in no way speaks to the local audience that we just pixeled. It's just a high-converting ad with a relevant offer. We had just talked about ways to uh, promote their local business with Facebook ads. So this Facebook ad template library ad made perfect sense to retarget this audience with. So I simply created a new ad set inside of a Facebook ad templates campaign that I was already running. The new ad set was targeting the custom audience that you just saw, the 514,000 people. Again, the same ad that I was already using. 
And after a few days, we had spent $43,729 retargeting these people. And we had initially spent $10,245 pixeling them, which is about $4.49 a lead. We generated 12,006 leads off of this campaign. So if I add the budget that we spent on the initial video ad and then the budget here to retarget, that's a little bit under $5 a lead, which is absolutely acceptable for our business and for this funnel. And it allowed us to reach an entirely new market that I was really having trouble reaching. And all we did was sandwich in a quick little informative video that we made on Animoto. So that's what I got. And of course, you can find more from Molly at digitalmarketer.com and digitalmarketer.com slash podcast, where you'll find the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, big round of applause for our panel of traffic experts. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.